Welcome to the Inspired to be Authentic podcast, a podcast where we converse with people who are living their most authentic lives. We get real with our guests and talk openly about how they live with courage to be themselves. We explore barriers they have overcome to be more authentic and aligned to themselves and their purpose. I am your host, Matt Lancido. I'm a transformative life coach, empathic healer, and spiritual teacher. I specialize in teaching people how to heal shame and trauma and embody their authentic self so they can enjoy more meaningful connections in their lives. My, area of, my areas of expertise are working with highly sensitive people, empaths, and gay men to, to develop a stronger sense of self-worth. This is episode 34, and we are talking about how to consciously navigate suffering. So in this episode, you are going to learn how to essentially walk the spiritual path with integrity and with understanding and wisdom um, that you're divinely exactly where you are meant to be. Um, mm. I'm hoping that that's the message that comes through out of today's episode. So we're going to be meeting Jane, um, Jane Lyon, and we're going to be hearing about her story. And we're going to be unpacking together the topic of, uh, of the great awakening collectively and also the spiritual awakening for each individual soul and uh, what this means to each of us. Uh, we're going to be unpacking authenticity and how moving towards authenticity requires us to uh, suffer and also to grieve um, who we are not. So grieving our inauthentic self on our, the journey towards our authentic self. Uh, we're going to be talking about what is suffering, what is its purpose, and how to consciously navigate our way through suffering. And then Jane is going to graciously share the four noble truths uh, of Buddhism with us, and I'm looking forward to hearing about that. So um before we get uh, before we we meet jane um i want to just let people know that inspired to be authentic podcast and youtube channel is listener and viewer supported so if you're enjoying this content you can support me by heading over to my patreon page in the show notes to support the show it helps me continue making inspirational content for you to consume um, and let's read a review because people have been leaving some really beautiful messages on the um on the podcast so millie d says very insightful and gave me lots to think about inspired some deep soul searching the podcast was very honest and open that's a beautiful mm -hmm. review because that's my goal that's my mission with this podcast for it to be loaded with vulnerability and authenticity and openness so thank you for that um, that review very kind all right without any further ado <laughs> welcome to the podcast jane Oh my gosh, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here hanging out with you and connecting with your beautiful audience. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. And, and thank you for coming and, and be, you know, the, having the willingness to share with us. And um, I've been looking very forward to this conversation. You and I had like a meet and greet. I like to do that with my guests now just to make sure there's resonance. And um, just something lit up in me when I was sitting across from you, like just from the minute we connected. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. this is like, some really great connection that I want to, I want to share with the world. So, um, so thank Aww. you for being here. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So a little bit about you. Um, Jane is a yoga teacher, a Buddhist practitioner and healer in the realms of Reiki and Akashic records. Jane is a guide for young women on the spiritual path who yearn to remember their divinity and discover their deepest truth. She is here to help others transcend their own suffering and do the work of the Bodhisattva to be of benefit to all sentient beings. We have very similar purposes, as we discovered in our in our meet and greet. 
Um, so yeah. one of our purposes that we share is we want to help people move through suffering. So this was like mm-hmm. a very organic topic that I think we both um, are very passionate about. So um, why don't we start with with your kind of origin story? Like what got you into this work and, and why is, is helping people move through suffering important to you? Mm, yes. Well, as I'm sure you and everybody else knows, or, or hopefully will understand by the end of this episode, there's so much suffering here on this planet. It's kind of part of the deal on earth. And I was born into a very, very nice, privileged, cushy, wealthy life. And I still suffered so much. And I think that even growing up, um, I'm here in, in Salt Lake City in Utah in a very um, conservative, right, community, um, where I just, I always felt kind of like someone was trying to put a lid on me. I was always too much. I was always too out there. I never really fit in quite right. And I spent most of my life doing everything I could to, to fit in and to, you know, play the game and look like I was doing everything correctly. And that just came to a screeching halt. My second year of college, I became so depressed, so unwell. I stopped eating. I I really spiraled down very, very quickly. And Mm. I checked myself into a treatment center. And, you know, I always look back and and I'm so grateful at whatever little voice said, like, go get help, go get help. Like you are not meant to live your life this way. It is not supposed to be this bad, Mm. but I was, I was so not okay. And, and I didn't know why I couldn't really understand what exactly was wrong. I didn't have these lists of things that had happened to me that had caused all of this suffering. Mm. Um, But I simply wasn't okay. So you know, I went into the treatment, the therapy, the groups, all of that. And I started to, you know, learn to take care of myself and get better. But I, I still felt like, you know, the light wasn't there. Things weren't clicking. I felt like the clinical medical system was keeping me alive and medicating me and, you know, cheering me on. But it was like, I swear there's more to life than this. I I swear there's got to be something better than this. And, and so I just kept looking and um, I got really curious about meditation. There was this little voice that was like, learn to meditate. I had practiced yoga my whole life. I was lucky enough to have started as at a young age, but I wasn't really taught to practice yoga in a way to take care of yourself. I feel Mm -hmm. like I was taught yoga in a way to be fit Mm -hmm. out of a gym. So I like that. I was like, I I was, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of that yoga practice. And I kept hearing this voice, learn to meditate, learn to meditate. And this was back in 2012 when there was no content on how to meditate. It's crazy how much there is now, but I, I was looking everywhere. And so I found some books and I kind of started my own little three minute practice where I would just focus on my breathing. And that little practice started truly like lightening up my body. And everything just started feeling lighter just from these little three minutes of practicing. So I just kept following it. And one day I saw an ad in a magazine I was working for that was for an eight week introduction to Buddhism course. Mm. And at this point I was, I was in such a low place and I saw that advertisement and it just was that like, this is it this is the medicine. This is what I've been looking for. Mm. And so I signed up for the class and that was the moment that my whole trajectory changed. I I started going to that class every week. I had no idea that there is an authentic Buddhist temple in downtown Salt Lake city, just waiting for me to walk into. 
And I went there every single week and I never stopped. I, I still go. <laughs> I ended up becoming a full-fledged member of the organization. I took refuge. I formally converted. Um, I'm now on the board of directors. I'm very involved with the temple itself. Um, and I also ended up meeting the love of my life at this temple. But I'll rewind a little bit because what happened when I walked into the Buddhist temple is that I was taught this thing called meditating on compassion, mm -hmm. on self-love. Mm. And we would give all of our love to the whole world. And then we would try to bring it back into ourselves. And it was like, it wasn't working for me. I was like, I'm doing it wrong. I don't feel it coming back inside of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept doing the work and doing the work. And this whole time that all of this is happening, I am a deeply closeted gay person who I, I, you know, I'm, maybe you can relate. I'm sure your readers can relate. I truly thought my world would completely fall apart if I came out. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that was a big, big chunk of the suffering. And of course, we've got shame, we've got self-worth, we've got all the other things that like add up onto that. But it was one day in the temple, we were like two hours deep into practicing. And I just had this moment where it was as if my body turned and sat in front of me and grabbed my own shoulders and said, like, you need to come out, you need to tell the world who you are. You're going to be okay, but you've got to stop lying to yourself. Mm. And that moment, I really wanted to run out of that place and just run from everything and just keep avoiding, but it would have been very rude for me to have left. <laughs> so I had to stay there and sit with those feelings. And it was like, wow, this is so scary. This is so intense. But, um, you know, I actually had a boyfriend at the time. I went over to my boyfriend that night and I said, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you what's really been going on in my mind. And I started, you know, telling people and coming out. And it was literally after that, everything just started unraveling in my life. Yeah. Everything did fall apart exactly as I thought it would, but in the most beautiful way, because for the first time in my life, I realized the only person I have is me. And if I can't honor myself and trust in myself to get myself through this, then who do I have? Yeah. So I look back on that time and I'm always so proud of that person who just said, it feels like you're losing everything, but you took refuge in the Buddha and you took refuge in yourself and you're going to get through this. And here I am today, you know, I ended up meeting the most beautiful woman in the world at the Buddhist temple. We live together now. Um, I run this amazing yoga and healing business. I'm supporting so many young women, queer women, so many people on the path to just exactly what you're doing, Matt, you know, which is why I think we, we connect so much. It's just like these people that come to work with me, they have grown up in a society that wants to put them in a box that says, this is how you act. This is how you be. And they're not happy. Yeah. And they don't know why they're not happy. And I say, we got to get you out of that box, babe. We got to get you stepping into who you truly are. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of in a quick nutshell, kind of the story that got me to where I am today. I'm mm -hmm. fully recovered from anorexia, very, very healthy off all of the medication I used to be on, mm -hmm. you know, better than I ever could have dreamed of being in this life. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, it only goes up from here. So, yeah. Wow. You took us on a journey. I, uh, I was like tracking you emotionally and it was, yeah, it was heavy. There was some stuff mm -hmm. you navigated and um, 
it's, I got this kind of this imagery of like your world crumbling, but it crumbling into place. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right? Like just honoring, honoring yourself and what, what it is that you need in this life. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the greatest sufferings that we can endure as human beings is uh, perpetual toxic shame and oh. being scared to be our true selves and hiding and just the mm-hmm. damage that does to ourselves and what it, you know, what it tells, what we're telling ourselves, our soul that, we're, you know, it's not okay to express the, the divinity of who we are, we have mm-hmm. to somehow mask it. And, you know, it creates this kind of, um, yeah, I guess this, this dissonance between inauthenticity and authenticity. And it's like, my, my whole journey has been that exactly your story of, of you mm-hmm. know, unlearning the, the masks that I used to build around who I actually was, unlearning mm-hmm. those masks and grieving them, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, that's who the world saw me as. That's who the, the world was reflecting back to me that I was. And I had to grieve that, the loss mm-hmm. of that before I could step into um, the truth of who I was. And mm-hmm. it's not an easy transformation. It's, um, <laughs> but it is, it is the transformation. It is the transformation in life, in my opinion. And Um, this is why I'm so passionate about suffering because I think Mm. um, like you I've I've endured a lot of suffering in my life and I think um, it's through my suffering that I've acquired depth I've acquired character integrity um, Mm. worthiness so all the things have come out of suffering and I think suffering is is our greatest um, our greatest teacher I think yes and, uh, but it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass, but, yes. um, so that's what we're here to unpack with you guys today. So I want to just thank you for sharing your story so vulnerably Jane, because I think it sets mm. a nice tone for, for what we're going to be diving into. So, mm. okay. So where do we want to go first? Do we want to unpack the great awakening, the collective, or do we want to talk about more the individual? Mm. Oh, wow. I think, you know, something that I think is so interesting about what you just said is that I, you know, so many of the work that I do is, you know, supporting the awakenings in the people that feel a resonance with me. Of course, that is all connected to the the greater scale of what's happening now. And I love what you said about how we have to grieve the person that we were. And the person that we were was the person that kept us safe in a society that maybe we weren't safe to be ourselves in you know if I had come out when I was in first grade and I was aware of it I things would have been pretty bad for me you know so I've been having a lot of um, messages lately from people who are on the path and people I'm working with and they're saying I've come so far and I feel so much grief lately I feel like I am losing who I was and Mm -hmm. it's so hard and am I supposed to grieve so much Mm -hmm. am I am I supposed to grieve the person that I was? And I, I feel like this is a message that's wanting to be shared today is that absolutely you are going to grieve the person that you were. It's going to feel like a loss when you let go of the old patterns, the old coping mechanisms, the old identities that kept you safe at once. Mm-hmm. And we have to hug those younger versions of ourselves, love them, nurture them and say, thank you so much. For, for protecting me and taking care of me when I needed you. Mm-hmm. And now I'm ready to let you go and let my soul's authenticity really, really show through. And yeah. I think that's such a big part of the journey. And, and when you get there, 
you might think you're backsliding or that it's getting harder, but that's just another part of the step to get through. And, and something else that I'm hearing a lot is that, that you kind of touched on is, Jane, I've suffered so much in my life. How could I ever help somebody else? Mm-hmm. And what I wish that, you know, these amazing souls could see is that that suffering, that darkness, I see it as this rich, fertile soil mm-hmm. that you get to grow from. Do I want my, my leader and teacher to be someone who has just skated through life and never had a hard time? I don't even know if that person exists, right? Yeah. Or do I want to be inspired by someone who has seen the darkest of days, the most difficult of times is, is holding more shame than we could ever know about, but they're working through it and they're releasing it. That's what's so beautiful. And so just kind of hearing what you said, I kind of wanted to touch on those things. And I guess we, we should get into the awakening of the person, you know, of the individual. Um, Because what's so interesting is that I love serving, like my ideal client is a young woman who's most of them have just graduated college Mm -hmm. and they have absolutely no idea where they're going. Mm -hmm. And this time, like, you know, early twenties, late teens is when you're starting to have these, um, more critical thoughts. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see that your parents weren't perfect. You're starting to question the authority that raised you. You're starting to think on your own. And this, in my opinion, is when a lot of us start to have that spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to be so visible to the people that are in that place so that they, you know, I was desperate for somebody to guide me, Mm -hmm. desperate. I was looking everywhere for just someone to teach me something. And it took me about two years until I found that place at the Buddhist temple that could give me that home. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I guess I'm thinking about when, when in our lives does this begin for some people, they go through a dark night of the soul. They go through their lowest of lows and they, they hit that rock bottom and they have to start getting out of it. And for others, you just, you get into your early twenties and you start thinking differently and you, you start opening up your mind, your heart to new things. And the transformation just starts happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'm just trying to think, I I think I'll start with, with, um, with my interpretation of what I think is happening right now on the planet, because I think this is going to, this will play into, um, into, I think setting the, setting the stage for, for where we want to go. But, um, we've been living in an age in a, in a, that has a paradigm around, um, group think around conformity. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where we've been, a lot of focus has been put into, to fit in. Mm -hmm. If I don't fit in, I internalize shame and I'm somehow an outcast. Now in the more, the Aquarian age, we are moving towards authenticity, towards free thinking, towards Mm -hmm. people being liberated from things like toxic shame and their trauma. Um, And I think this is the, the ultimate transformation that a lot of people are going through. I think it's manifesting in, in the expression of, the masculine and the feminine. And I believe that 
that is not necessarily about gender specifically it's about more so about energy i think every human being on this planet possesses a masculine energy and a feminine energy and um the masculine energy tends to be more action oriented um more do more mental whereas the feminine tends to be more nurturing and you know um, empathy oriented compassion oriented and more beingness in the mm. body and mm -hmm. this is how we have this yin and yang of who we are and for the last couple thousand years we've been in in very much a a masculine dominant energy uh, mm -hmm. which has been you know really oppressive um, towards the feminine and the what's happening right now is the feminine is waking up the planet herself is is feminine energy and mm -hmm. this is the, this this healing is happening on this planet and we're moving through this massive massive what I categorize as a, as a collective shadow work period where we're healing mm. the wounded masculine and the feminine is rising up and um, not saying the feminine is going to surpass the masculine for people who are worried about that, or that's going to cause them <laughs> some anxiety. It's creating a res restoration of balance where mm -hmm. they can be in harmony together. Um, mm. So in my practice, in my coaching practice, I'm seeing a lot of men who are, who are moving through a lot of shame as their feminine mm. becomes activated and they're learning how to become more sensitive, um, how to become more mm. empathic and these sorts of things. And I think we're actually going through a collective awakening and I think it's happening in cohorts though. Um, and the reason why I wanted to share this is because I think that the people who follow my work are gravitated towards me because of, uh, for a very divine reason, because they see something in me, um, and they are moving towards their own awakening and they're moving through their shadow work and, and what, whatnot. And I, I really want to highlight that the people who are light workers, who are empaths, who are sensitives, um, and are, have been doing this work, a lot of us have suffered a great deal. Um, mm -hmm. And our suffering is, has been the instrument that, that has awakened us. And, mm -hmm. um, and I do see that right around the corner, people who have been doing this work for so long, we're, we're now settling out mm -hmm. of this massive amount of upheaval and we're now settling so we can find stability and empowerment so the next cohort can start to awaken and then we will be there to support them and, and, and move them forward. So mm -hmm. whether you are somebody who's been doing this work for a long time and you're ready to hold the space for people who are coming in mm -hmm. or you're coming in, like you're just starting your awakening and you're just starting your spiritual path now um, and suffering will be a part of your journey. Um, this, is, this is the motivation behind me wanting to do this podcast and wanting to continue to work with people who are suffering because mm -hmm. I do know that there is going to be a massive amount of awakening on this planet and with mm -hmm. awakening comes a great deal of suffering. So yes. I want to, uh, I want to provide wow. as much um, awareness around that the suffering is essential and necessary. We don't need to reject it, mm -hmm. but what can we do to start to bring the suffering um, in and work mm -hmm. with it as opposed to numbing, distracting, dissociating, doing all the things that we do as human beings to distract ourselves from the suffering. Mm -hmm. How can we move towards the suffering and allow it to transform us and awaken us um, as it's intended? So mm -hmm. I feel complete. And then now I want to hand it over to you. What are you, what are your thoughts? Oh, I love that? that question. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. And you know, you're speaking to a woman who ran from her suffering like crazy. And mm -hmm. I was such an empath as a young kid. And, you know, 
part of my journey was picking up books on empath and HSPs and realizing, oh, this is why I felt so much. You know, I don't have this list of traumatic things that happened to me, Mm -hmm. but it was like feeling so much all of the time Mm -hmm. was so hard and feeling for everybody and feeling everybody's energy all of the time. And that was something I had to learn to master. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to suffering in general, I think that the first thing is that when we're suffering, a lot of us think there's something wrong with me. I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. I am a victim of this world. I, you know, it, it, the, we wrap the shame up into it. I shouldn't be suffering because that girl over there is happy. And those people over there seem happy. And why aren't I happy? Mm-hmm. And we're thinking that our suffering is different than others, but we're all just really, really good at hiding our suffering exactly. and not showing it. And it takes such vulnerability to notice in the moment. And this is some, this is a practice I have with myself. You know, I find myself lying on the floor crying and I just stop. Oh, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. And as my teacher would say, you're so lucky that you're feeling and that your heart is beating and that the tears are flowing because it's such a blessing to be alive and to feel and to have Mm -hmm. experiences. There are so many people who are completely numb who don't have empathy, who don't have those feelings and are running from them. So if you're, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I am suffering, congratulations. Mm -hmm. You have joined team earth. (laughs) You have joined the human race. We are suffering. And I think that for me, you know, and this is why I love the four noble truths of Buddhism so much. Once we can recognize that you are definitely going to suffer, whether you are listening to this right now and you have a headache or you hurt your back yesterday and something is tweaked, or you're driving from point A to point B and you're so hungry, you feel like you're gonna die. Like Mm -hmm. suffering can be on so many levels, right? It can be painful in our heart. It can be our health. It can be in our relationships. Every single day, you're gonna suffer in some little way. Like all day today, I've had the sniffles. That's my little sprinkling of suffering and I'm okay with that, I'll take it. That's all I need for today. But, you know, if we can accept that, that first noble truth is that we're going to suffer here on this earth. It's part of the game. It's part of the agreement that we've made. So when you find yourself in those moments of suffering, I find that people add the shame and the embarrassment and the victimhood to their suffering and they dig themselves a little bit deeper. Yeah. And so if we can remember that, The universe isn't pointing its finger at you. It's not saying you're bad and I'm going to cause you to suffer. It's not saying you're a bad person and I'm going to cause you to suffer. It's just saying this is just the way the world works. There's causes and effects and there's reasons that you are suffering right now. And if we can just accept that in the moment, Mm -hmm. we can lighten our load a little bit and we can just, you know, there's something I love about having my partner as a Buddhist is that We've had days where we are just, we're fighting all day and things are such a mess and things feel so awful and we're screaming at each other and we don't know why we're mad. And then one of us starts to giggle. (laughs) And then I'm like, why are you giggling? And then she keeps laughing and I'm like, why are you laughing? And then I start laughing and she's like, we're suffering. Like we're suffering so much. This is hilarious. Why are we creating all of this? And what I love about Buddhism is that we kind of, we laugh at the suffering and we try to bring light to it and say, wow, here we are doing that human thing that we do called suffering. Mm -hmm. And that all just lightens the load. Don't be so shocked 
when the suffering happens mm -hmm. and it won't be so heavy. So without getting into a full elongated lecture, I'll stop myself there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like wrote down so many things when you were talking, it all came through. So um, it's... It, so there's there's one thing that I want to or one word that I want to introduce to the audience and you've probably heard it before because I use it all the time um, is allowance the word allowance mm. so allowing uh, the suffering to take place because as human beings we're very programmed to move towards things that create pleasure and move away from things that create pain right it just makes sense right Who, nobody wants mm. to move towards pain mm -hmm. but that judgment alone of pain and pleasure and creating that polarity between the two, I think it creates this favorability towards wanting to move towards pleasure. So when we mm. have this inconsistency show up in our lives where we're like, shit, well, my pleasure is being interrupted by pain. Well, what am I going to do? We, we, we bring in resistance and we mm -hmm. push it away and we're like, I don't want to feel that, get it away from me. And what that does is it does the opposite of allowing it, it creates mm -hmm. judgment and it uh, tells us that there's something wrong with us, like you said, and that what I'm experiencing is undesirable. Therefore, I don't want it to be here. So what we're doing is we're actually we're we're telling um, we're telling the the, the 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 suffering that it's not okay for it to be there, the pain. It's not okay for it to be here, and it doesn't get acknowledged. And usually, inside of our suffering is um, whether it's a wounded inner child, it's trauma, it's unhealed shame, it's something that needs our okay. attention, right? So you can think of suffering as like a a toddler, you know, like you know, a three-year-old toddler, like kind of tugging at your shirt, like look at me, look at me, give me attention, and we just continue to only look at the thing that's creating um, pleasure, and we're not tending to the the suffering. And you know, within all of our suffering, there's treasure. And it's like the map to pointing us in the direction of our own liberty and our own liberation and freedom. And I just mm -hmm. think that without that map, um, it's really, really hard to set yourself free, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I've really learned um, how to how to to work with it. So, for, like for an example, something that really um, really interrupts my functioning is jealousy. Um, like if mm. I'm in a relationship and my partner is, you know, attracted to somebody else or whatever, it really in the past has just completely thrown me for a loop. And mm. um, I always would blame, I would get angry, I would do all the things, right? I would, I would, um, but I would never actually inquire and go within and be like, what's going on here, or bring my jealousy into the the connection and say, listen, I'm feeling jealous. Can we talk about it? Instead, I played it out in these unconscious ways. Mm, um, yeah. And what that does is, like you said, in your relationship, it creates more suffering. Mm -hmm. If you meet suffering with suffering, you're going to create more suffering. So I just think that allowing myself to admit and say, yes, I feel jealousy in my relationship and I'm going to practice humility and I'm going to bring that to my partner and say, I'm feeling jealous. And then guess what happens? it dispels, it releases, mm -hmm. it gives, you're giving it permission through, through, through allowance, you're giving it permission to release. Um, so I do, I do think that um, allowance for me, when, when I, when I use it, it settles me into the, the notion that when we have a feeling or even a thought for that matter, that causes us suffering a lot of the times we're releasing, we're purging when we allow it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, a, yes. but the programming tells us we're reliving and we're staying mm. stuck in a cycle, but we're not. I drew, I truly believe that when we allow ourselves to feel we're actually releasing 
and we're mm -hmm. letting go. So that was a really big reframe for me in my suffering because I was like, every time I have a, a really nasty, dark thought or a dark feeling come up, I there's a part of me, my inner consciousness, my higher self knows that I can smile because another layer lifted out, making more mm. room inside of me for all that I want to become and all that I am. Um, so I just think that that, that frame, that reframe for me was what helped set me free because then I'm like, when suffering does enter, I no longer need to push it away. I can bring it in because mm -hmm. I know that it's going to create another peeling out of a layer that's going to help me uh, get closer to the truth of who I am. Oh, I love that so much. And just what the word you use, allow, like that is one mm -hmm. of my favorite mantras, allow, 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 allow. And, you know, you, yeah. you've, I love how you brought in, you know, kind of your own, your own shit, your own stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, you get stuck with. And, and it makes me reflect on kind of the way that, so when the suffering arises or the trigger or the uncomfortable feelings, mm -hmm. we all have our automatic responses, right? Like exactly. mine is usually to just go away. Like I just dip, I'll just bail. <laughs> I don't want to stay there in that feeling. I will get in my car and I will drive up the mountains until I feel like I'm far away from it. <laughs> and so what I have had to do in this beautiful lesson, the pandemic has taught me is, okay, I'm feeling this for me. It's usually anger. Okay, I'm feeling this anger again. How do I usually respond? Well, I usually get in my car and drive away as far as I can. Okay, I'm going to try anything but that. Literally, try anything else. Okay, I'm going to stay with it. Maybe I want to yell. Maybe I want to get in bed and journal. Maybe I want to talk it out with someone. But I'm going to try doing it differently than I always do. Mm. And that way, instead of, you know, every time I am angry and I run away from it, it, I'm literally letting it just build up in my system, right? I'm meeting more suffering with more suffering because I'm running away from that little Jane that just wants to be listened to. And I'm like, nope, see ya, I'm bailing. Okay, I'm going to stay with her. I'm going to listen to her. And I'm going to ask, how does this energy need to be moved through me? Do I need to physically move it out? Do I need to journal about how angry I am? Do I need to call my best friend and just like really vent and like talk it out with somebody? Mm what do I need to do to move through this energy so that then, just like you said, we can learn something from it. Yeah. And this is where that allowance piece comes in. And my practice, you know, for the last year, especially in this kind of new paradigm we're living in has been, okay, what am I learning from this? What part of me needs to be heard and seen right now? Because something that we do so often is we we blame someone else, just like you said. We need someone else to fix it for us. We're too ashamed to feel it, so we run away. And if we can just be brave enough to just, wow, I'm really angry right now. I'm suffering so much in this moment. What does like the little person inside of me need? Mm -hmm. If I were my own mother, how would I come and take care of myself in this moment? And those, for me, like, those have been the biggest lessons of depth within myself, learning to go deeper with myself, learning to parent myself, and also just learning that like my uncomfortable emotions aren't that scary. Mm. And that if we can look them straight on, I do a lot of work healing anxiety. We can look directly at the anxiety, like really look directly at it. It kind of starts to dissolve. Yeah. 
because it's rooted in emptiness. It isn't material. It isn't real. It's just a little energy in your body. So allow, allow, like next time you feel that suffering, allow, allow, allow. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's so counterintuitive too, because like, (laughs) it's like, we're not taught that, you know what I mean? We're not taught that anywhere in our development, unless we do explore this stuff, right? Like Mm -hmm. Buddhism, Hinduism, anything that's rooted in these kind of um, detachment models Mm -hmm. of being with self like how can I develop my witness consciousness so I know that I am not my suffering I am Mm -hmm. not my my joy I'm not any of these things I'm the 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 consciousness that's able to witness myself in these states of being Mm. um that's that's the work right that's the spiritual work and I think we're all moving towards um towards that I want to, I want to speak specifically to the people who are following my work that are trying to recover from trauma, because this has been my experience lately. I've done a ton of work on healing my own attachment trauma, and it Mm. was holding me back. It was messing with my relationships. It was, it was just really, really deep rooted trauma. And I finally got to the root of it. I finally was able to move it. And Mm. this is after like 15 years of doing this work. And finally, Mm -hmm. just this year, I I was able to let it go. And um, Mm. I, I want to share some, some really important things from my, my journey that I think people need to know. And um, my trauma response was um, dissociation. So Mm. I learned very quickly from a young age that I felt very intensely. I was highly empathic and highly sensitive. And um, I, my emotions were just way too intense for me. And um, the emotions of the people around me were way too intense for me. So I learned very quickly to dissociate. I learned very quickly to make everybody else's emotions more important than my own. And that was part of my dissociation. Mm. And I became very identified because for people that don't know what dissociation is, it's essentially when you kind of cut the cord between your head and your heart, your mind and your body, and you just stay up here. You ruminate, you overthink, you solve. It's like almost like you're intellectualizing um, your emotions. You think about your emotions, but you don't actually allow yourself to feel them in an embodied way. And this was my biggest downfall because Mm. the healing, healing has to be like, you have to feel your emotions in order to heal. And I just kept thinking and spiritually bypassing and emotionally avoiding. Um, And I was like, why am I just in this hamster wheel? Why are my relationships not improving? Why I just kept, I was stuck. And for me, it was the discernment between the stories I was telling myself about my suffering, which is where I was stuck in. Mm. And the felt sense of my suffering which I had mm-hmm. no idea how to access because my, my default subconsciously and consciously was dissociation. So mm-hmm. if I'm not feeling, I'm not healing. And that's where I was, I was stuck. So my journey back home to myself, which was written in, in my book, I basically um, biographied my whole journey in the book, Be the Space. And um, I talked about how present moment awareness changed my life <clears throat> because it was through present moment awareness that I met my body. I befriended wow. my body and I learned how to, come back home to my temple so I could connect to that felt sense so that I could therefore then heal. So if you are somebody that's stuck on the trauma healing journey and you're not, you're not progressing, likely that is why, because you're not embodied, you're not connecting to the body. So my, my advice to people that are in this position is to find um, practices that help you connect back into the temple, into the body, Uh, things like Mm -hmm. yin yoga, um, 
are really yoga nidra actually was probably one of the most powerful yogas mm. for me um i had really intense um experiences two of them in a, in yoga nidra classes where i just fully let go and like hardcore cried in the middle of Aww. a yoga class and it was just like the opening of something big for me and then that was where everything started to come come back into into myself so um, but one of the things that I did notice on my journey of suffering was that my mind was the biggest thing that was getting in the way of me befriending my body. So mm -hmm. I had to learn how to master my own attention because my attention wouldn't allow me to go down into the body because my mind would just make noise and be like, no, 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 that's not safe. Don't go down there. Come back up here. So I had to learn how to master my mind. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways which I wrote about in my book is, is, um, one pointed concentration, that was a game changer mm -hmm. for me. I did that for a couple of years every day. I made it up to like 25 minutes of one point of concentration at one point. And um, essentially this is just where you're taking your attention and you're focusing on one thing. And when your mm -hmm. mind wanders, you bring it back to that one thing. So you're developing the, the, the muscle of attention yes. and, and learning how to manipulate and use your attention. Um, because what I did, what I learned is that the mind does not still itself. You can't mm -hmm. still your mind. You can just draw your attention away from your mind and into other places. And then that gives you the, the, the sense of having a still mind, but really your mind is just a wheel. It's always spinning. Um, so once I learned how to master my mind, I was able to therefore access my body. And that's mm -hmm. when the, the deepest healing started to take place for me. So yes. I, just, I wanted to share that story. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I love that. And you know, that is exactly why, um, you know, in Buddhism, we call that the medicine, because mm -hmm. first we want to train the mind. And what we call single pointed meditation is shamatha. It's calm abiding. And that's what I've been teaching for years and years. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have a course on it if you if you want to yes. go get deeper into it. Um, yeah, because it's it's so it's to me, it's so funny that I, I'm still teaching this. But, you know, the easiest way to put this into practice I like to light a candle just like right in front of my gaze yeah. and just observe the flame of the candle, breathing in, breathing out, mm. observing the flame, breathing in, breathing out, observing the flame. The mind wanders off. That's okay. We're going to bring it back. We're watching the flame. Mm. And we're just going to do that for three minutes a day. Yeah. And that is how we start becoming aware of the mind because that's when we start to realize, wow, my mind is running the show. Yes. <laughs> and my body is just responding to all of the stuff that my mind is just running at all day. And that's why it's scary in here because my mind is running the show. I'm not letting my body run the show. Yeah. And so once we can start doing that, we can become so much more aware of how loud it is <laughs> and how obnoxious the mind is and the types of thoughts that we're having. And um, a note that I took while I was listening to you is that you, you dropped a lot of the stories mm -hmm. that your mind was telling you. Mm -hmm. And I think that was for me, the, one of the biggest moments of my healing, I had been meditating for so long, doing my yoga, doing my energy work, doing all of this. And then I was, I was met with this experience where I was around all of these people who had hurt me in my past all the people I grew up with, all the parents who didn't like think I was okay. Like, and I was telling myself that person did that to me. And that person did that to me. And that person thinks this of me. And then it means this about me. 
And I realized, oh my gosh, my body started panicking Mm. because I was telling myself so many stories about Mm. what that person did and what it means about me and what happened then. And that, and then my body was feeling all that pain. And so in that moment, in this experience, I got to be with all these people. I just went, okay, I'm forgiving all of you. And I am releasing all of these stories. Mm. I'm letting go of all of these stories because none of them are real. They're all fabricated. Yes, the pain that I felt was real, definitely, but I'm going to let go of all these stories. And every time I met someone or told myself a story of you're not worthy enough, or you're, you know, you're a victim of this, that person did this to you. I stop and I go, oh, there's another story your mind is making up Mm -hmm. that may or may not be true, but it doesn't matter. So we want to drop the stories and then the mind can be clear. And then the body can start to lighten up and then everything just starts to feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you feel complete on your? Yes. Okay. okay. (laughs) For now. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I relate so much to what you're saying because my my experience has taught me that the body is the refuge from Mm. the madness of the mind, the stories Mm -hmm. of the mind. And I think, you know, that's, that's the ego, right? This, the ego structure is created for just that. And I think for people who have, um, people who have experienced trauma, in my opinion, they, have something called premature ego formation, which is Mm. I have to develop my separate sense of inauthentic self to protect myself. And Mm -hmm. as a child, and you know, that can show up in different ways, codependency and and these different things where we have to literally make other people more important, or we have to develop masks or um, things in order to keep ourselves safe. And as as gay people, we have to do that from a very young age because we know we're, we're, we're gay and there's something different about us. So we have to start creating this ego that can convince mm-hmm. the world that we're not what they think we are, right? Because mm, we have to yeah. be, we have to keep, we have to preserve safety. So, um, so I, I kind of have this whole notion of um, something called the, the, the emotional onion. And when we do, <laughs> when we're very over-identified with the mind, um, what ends up happening is we, when we intellectualize our feelings, they don't actually release. They stay yeah. trapped inside of us and, um, and that they form what I call the emotional onion. So it's just, our onions are just layers and layers of unprocessed emotions, which is what trauma is essentially. And, um, and when we, when we go on this healing journey, it's really important to connect into the body because that's where everything is stored. The shame, the trauma, the grief, the sadness, the anger, it's all stored in our body. So when we do start to connect inward to the body, we start to meet these layers. And that's why I say like releasing versus reliving. It's, you know, when we, when we allow and we release another layer of our onion gets peeled back and our onion starts to shrink and shrink and shrink. And that for me is the healing journey, the shrinking mm-hmm. of the onion. Mm-hmm. And then when the onion is, has, is gone, we're just left with stillness. We're left with um, mm-hmm. our essence, the essence mm-hmm. of who we are, right? Because mm-hmm. when we have more capacity in our body to be with it and not be scared of it, we are able to access the present moment a hell of a lot easier. And we can, mm-hmm. we can connect to our essential self, 
and and without all the stories you know constantly taking over so this is where I'm at now in my journey and I I'm I'm still dancing between rumination and embodiment because mm. I think that's the human condition I don't think we'll ever be able to fully liberate from it um but uh I do find that I have such a strong ability to hover above it all now mm, and yeah. just kind of witness it and be like, oh yeah. yeah, okay, well, and this is why I'm doing this. So I just think our, our consciousness kind of levels up. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious, mm -hmm. though, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think you can fully liberate yourself from, from the, the, we'll call it ego, like for lack of a better term, like, do you th yeah. think we can fully liberate ourselves from that? Interesting. Well, if we call it the ego, then I would probably say no, yeah. because the ego is what's going to keep me from, you know, stepping over a cliff. It's going to be like, oh, or like, you know, or from eating something that's poisonous. It's going to be yeah. like, no, 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 let's stay alive. Don't eat that. But you know what you're, what you're, I love this onion idea. And in Buddhism, <laughs> we call it, um, you know, we say that everybody has the diamond, the precious mm. spotless gem that is our Buddha nature. That is the essence of our soul inside of us. We all have it. Mm -hmm. But when we are born and we, you know, you're born a woman, you're born or you're born a girl, you're born a boy mm -hmm. immediately, like the bow they put on your head, what color it is, mm -hmm. they're putting a layer of mud or a layer of the onion over that diamond, covering it up. Don't be gay, be a good girl, get good grades, be a good dancer, be a performer, yeah. layers, 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 layers. Exactly. until we get to this point where we are suffering so much we feel so far away from our soul and our truest self and this is why i think you know we can i i thought it was interesting that you had that comment today about like hsps on the spiritual journey because it's so spiritual to be a highly sensitive person because mm -hmm. you're so in touch with your soul mm -hmm. in a way that not everybody else has gotten to because the mud is so thick mm -hmm. that we're letting our mind run the show yeah. and the soul is pretty much not really doing anything. So we're doing this work and in, in the Vedic scripts, they'll say like, we're cleansing the mirror. And so until we can see ourselves in the mirror clearly, because the mirror is so dusty from growing up in society. Yeah. And so I truly, I believe that if we, we continue to practice this process of, of healing, releasing the layers, clearing the mud, getting to that truest essence of our soul. I think we can get as, as far as we can, but I really don't believe that I'm going to get to a point in my life where I'm just like, I did all the work and my soul is perfect now and I'll never suffer or ruminate or be triggered again. Like, yeah. I think, I, I just think that if, if that's our goal, you're going to be really, really disappointed. <laughs> I think that's, that's the origin of suffering itself. That, that is yeah. the ego trap of suffering. I will eventually arrive to a destination where there is no suffering. That mm -hmm. is suffering in my, in itself, because we are always being taught lessons, healing karma, whatever it might be to help us evolve. And it's when we stop viewing suffering as this negative thing that suffering mm -hmm. dissipates, but suffering mm -hmm. itself doesn't actually go away because what we can frame it as inconveniences or things that are, that are causing pain instead of pleasure. It's just the way we, we change our relationship to it. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's what, what, what ends up happening. So I always say that, you know, it's, it's not about the destination in this work. 
you're not going to arrive to some place because as soon as you think you've arrived to some place, you've are, you view, you're now viewing the world through a different lens, and that lens is going mm-hmm. to see something else that that you know a new perception of reality, mm-hmm. which in that reality it might have more things that creates more suffering for you. Yes. Right? So it's just like oh. yeah, and so especially it's a hole. <laughs> yeah, and I. I think about, you know, the people who are empaths or who are highly sensitive for me for so long, um, I was so, I was really good at numbing everything. And even though I was highly sensitive, my sisters and my friends would be like, oh, Jane's such an ice queen. She never cries. We'd be watching a sad movie. Everyone's crying and I'm fine because I had really layered it on so that I wouldn't feel anything. Mm. And so I, I wonder if there's people listening who know that they're sensitive people. And once you start doing the work, you get to this point where you walk into a restaurant or something and you feel everybody's emotions. You feel all of the energy at once and you're so sensitive to it. And you're like, ah, I need to get out of here. This is terrible. What's happening? And I've, I've gotten phone calls from people who have this experience and they're like, I think I'm doing it wrong because I'm feeling way too much. I'm feeling everybody's stuff. And it's just like, no, your heart has been cracked open. Mm -hmm. That's what happened to me. I got my heart cracked open and I finally started to feel, I started to feel. And then I would, you know, see a stray dog on the street and I would start crying immediately because Mm -hmm. I felt that suffering so deeply. I couldn't turn away from it anymore. And so what actually I find that happens is that the more we open our hearts, the more empathic we become. And what we don't want to do is fall into that spiral of empathic overload where we can never really get our head above water because we're feeling so much. Mm -hmm. That's when the sovereignty really comes in of taking care of yourself putting yourself first, making sure that you're okay and understanding that suffering is going to happen and that we can't let ourselves fall into these spirals. And eventually we, we become more energetically attuned and we can walk into a restaurant and we can feel the things, but we're not going to let it take us down Mm -hmm. and we get a little bit stronger. So for some reason, it felt important for me to bring that up in reflection to what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that you know, the more awake I become, the more spiritual, spiritual, I think I've had probably sometimes some, some people crack open and they have like one spiritual awakening. For me, it's been like seven, I've had seven mini yeah. ones and it's just been like so much suffering after another, another, it's like, you know, um, and I think the more awakenings that I have, the more sensitive I become and the mm-hmm. more, but then also with each awakening, my emotional onion is shrinking and it gives me more capacity to tolerate um, my sensitivities, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And because I, I do think that also, like the um, the mind eats off of the emotional onion. If you're not doing the work, the mind mm. eats off the emotional onion because the emotional onion is just a bunch of energy, and mm-hmm. it has to be discharged some way. So the mind ruminates and it plays mm-hmm. out all the stories as a way to discharge the energy, but it's not mm-hmm. actually releasing it it's not letting it go it's just mm-hmm. discharging the accumulation of the energy inside of us that's what that's my belief yeah. and um at, with each spiritual awakening it's been a deep deep suffering where i let go of a bunch of layers and then my mind is eating off of it less so with let's say if i walk into a room and i'm feeling all this energy i'm able to now discern what's mine what's theirs i'm able to mm. kind of tolerate it i have a tolerance 
to mm-hmm. suffering, which is another thing of, of learning how to suffer, suffer is you develop a tolerance to discomfort and mm. you're, you push your edge back further. So with each awakening I had, my tolerance for discomfort pushed back more and more and more. And now it's like, it's pretty hard to throw me off course. Like it's really hard to get me into <laughs> suffering now. Like, because yes. um, I don't have attachments to pleasure the way that I used to. I'm able to kind of just move between pain and pleasure and be like, yeah, okay, I'm the observer of this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much the person that's experiencing it, but I, I would say that all depends on the day too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I love that though, because I think about that all the time, you know, the things that used to just completely throw me off, ruin my whole day, you know, totally bring me down. (laughs) It's just so, you know, today, it doesn't mean that I don't have these negative experiences. It doesn't mean that my life is perfect. And I, like I mentioned, I help a lot of people healing their anxiety, but I'm not saying that I've never, I've never experienced anxiety anymore, that I'm totally free from it. But the interesting thing is that when I do feel that energy of anxiety, for example, I'm like, oh, oh, hello. Interesting. And I'll say to my, I'm feeling anxious today. This is, <laughs> wow, I wonder why. And then I'll kind of, is there a reason? I don't think there's a reason. I think I'm just feeling this today. And, you know, whatever this meaning is will, will come to me. And yeah. when normally I'd be like, I'm anxious. I'm so anxious. I'm going to go get in bed. I'm going to cancel my day. I can't handle anything. I'm not going to eat. Like I would give all of these reasons. And then I would also be like, I'm anxious because something terrible must be happening. Like something horrible is going to happen. I would just go into this doomsday. And now it's just, I love how you said that you just kind of have this like tolerance where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. I'm feeling a little anxious today. This is, wow. Okay. I'm going to move move through my day and see what this is here to teach me. And Mm. that's when you really become sovereign as an empath that you're not, you're not victimized by anything. No one's trying to harm you or do anything to you. You know that you are in complete control of how you respond to what's going on. And also that mind body connection isn't so distorted Mm -hmm. that, that the mind, instead of going, Oh, something's really bad. Something's really wrong. The mind can go, Oh, we're noticing, we're aware, we're allowing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then things just get easier. Yeah. Yeah. I I, want to talk a bit about the, how I developed tolerance. Um, Because I think for, for a lot of people, like I'm, I'm, I talk a lot about embodiment and I think for some people, it's just a big jump. Like, how can I Mm -hmm. get there? So I want to share a few mindset tips that I think might help people. And these are things that um, I think have helped me tremendously. And, and one of them is um, asking yourself, what is the suffering here to teach me? Because I think suffering mm-hmm. in the victim mindset is why is this happening to me? And when we free mm-hmm. frame it to what is this trying to teach me, we're able to kind of discern the gifts in our tests. We're able to look at it yes. and say, okay, what, what value is here for me? Because the universe is never doing things to punish us. Okay. It's mm-hmm. always doing things to evolve us. So we can look mm-hmm. at it through the lens of how am I being evolved through this? Um, so that's the first, the first mindset tip. The second one is I, I, I look at, um, I look at my energy as kind of like currency, like a money. Mm. So every day when I wake up, I get a hundred dollars and mm-hmm. I get to choose what I do with that, that hundred dollars. And, you know, for example, if I'm driving and somebody cuts me off and I freak out and I totally <laughs> lose my cool, I have to give them 50 bucks. And then I've only got $50 <laughs> for the rest of the day. Right. I so that. I always think about how am I going to spend my energy today? 
right? Mm -hmm. Am I going to, the hair in my mouth, am I, am I going to choose to give my money away to people um, that are pissing me off? Or am I going to choose to, to keep my money and invest it in, put it in the bank and, and, and you know, build up me and, and, um, so those are little mindset shifts that we can start to, to use to not leak out our energy onto things that are going to pull us into more suffering, unnecessary suffering that we don't need to. But I still will stand by the fact that we need to move towards suffering and we need to be with it um, in a very conscious way. Yes. Oh, wow. I, I love that you just said that because one of my clients yesterday, we were um, we're kind of learning about, you know, for her, her lesson right now is really just coming into her own empowerment and realizing that she's in control of her own life. Mm -hmm. And that anytime someone asks her to do something, she has the opportunity to say yes or no, you know, you don't have to please everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I was asking her how it was going. And, and she said, you know, I'm learning to budget my energy with people. Oh, cool. And I said, budget, I've never, uh, this is, uh, tell me more about that. And she said, well, you know, when my boss comes and asks me to do the thing I know she's going to ask me to do, I can either give her some of my budget and say, I'll do the thing I don't want to do, or I can save and say, nope, I'm not going to do that for you today. And I was just like, this is amazing. And then I'm hearing you say this exact, <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool because that's exactly, you know, I was the queen of getting up and giving all my monies, mm -hmm. all my energetic currency to everybody around me. And then at the end of the day, I felt so empty and I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. And it was such a long lesson for me to learn that every interaction I have, someone cuts me off in the car or a, someone isn't nice to me when they're giving me a service or whatever happens. Yeah. I always have a choice yeah. of how I want to respond to that. And I'm just obsessed with this new idea of like, an energetic bank account that I either get to save or I get to blow it all one day. If I'm really upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes blowing it all in one day, will give you a nice purge and it'll let yeah. something go. So right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have days where, and I think that, you know, I wonder if you feel this way, Matt. Um, I have days where I feel my suffering is so strong. And I think to myself, Jane, you, you should be further along than this. Mm -hmm. You should be more healed than this. Mm -hmm. Like you should not let this happen. Mm -hmm. And when I get really hard on myself those days, I just say, okay, Jane, today you're going to suffer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just let it be just, and those days I swear, like two hours later, I'm like, okay, let's go do something. I feel better <laughs> now. You know, once we can just let it go and just, I will literally say, okay, Jane, take the day. Take the day, get mad, cry, binge on Netflix, order delivery, you know, get a pizza. And then I, and then I kind of like do the thing and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. I think yeah. I'm okay now. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> I relate to that so, so much. And, and I wrote a quote on my, on my Instagram, maybe like whatever, a month ago. And it said, sometimes the best thing you can do on a shitty day is allow yourself to have a shitty day. Yes. And I, I put so much pressure on myself. I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist that still mm. slips into that old stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. I tell myself the story of, oh, I'm, I'm a, you know, a spiritual teacher. I'm a healer. I'm these things. So that means mm -hmm. I have to have it all figured out. But mm -hmm. I've learned very, very um, 
quickly that I am a wounded healer. And that's, <laughs> that's my gift. My gift is my wounds. Mm. My gift is my vulnerability. And I've, I've endured a lot of suffering in my life because it's given me depth to be able to hold space for people. So I do think that I've, I've learned, I've had to learn how to master suffering. That's been one of my mm -hmm. karmas in this life. And maybe in my last life, I, I escaped all my suffering. And in this life, I'm, mm. I have to face it all or something, but it's been, it's been quite intense. So I fully, fully relate yeah. to what you shared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer that we are on this planet to learn how to transcend our suffering. And I think that is a big part of the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. If, if I could be so bold as to say that is the spiritual path, yeah. we realize I'm suffering. I don't want to suffer anymore. Yeah. How can I find my way out of it? Yeah. And, and that is essentially, in a nutshell, the Four Noble Truths, if you're ready to get into that. Yeah, I would say that's our last bullet here, because I love how we were in such a beautiful flow. We covered everything without even having to like ask, ask oh, the questions. So beautiful. Um, so yeah, beautiful. why don't you give us a bit of a spiel on the Four Noble Truths and um, we'll yes. So I get, I don't, I'm not a Buddhism teacher. That's just, I'm not a Lama. So that's not what I do, but I get asked all the time, you know, tell me about Buddhism. I want to learn some of the teachings. And that's such a vast question that I never know where I'm like, where would you like me to begin with that question? But the first thing that the Buddha taught after he reached enlightenment was the four noble truths. And they're very simple and we have covered them, <laughs> but I will just, you know, bring them to a close for anyone who's curious. The first noble truth is that there is suffering. Here on this earth, we're going to suffer. There will always be wars. There will always be famine. There will always be pain. And that's part of being on earth. There will always be suffering. And so we shouldn't be so surprised when it happens. We shouldn't be so taken aback. Yeah, exactly. So that's the first noble truth. The second noble truth is that, and again, you've touched on this, suffering, it always has a cause. And it's not the universe pointing its finger at you. It's just in your karma. There is a cause. There's something that caused the suffering to happen to you, whether it's lifetimes of your karma, whether it's because you know exactly what you did to cause the suffering, or maybe there isn't a cause that you're aware of, but there's a lesson in it. Mm -hmm. And that's the cause is the mm -hmm. lesson, the cause and the effect. So that's the second noble truth. And then we have the third noble truth that there is a way to transcend your suffering. Mm -hmm. There is a way. You are not stuck in this hell realm for your whole life. There is a way to transcend it. And so in my teachings, I would say you get to find that. You get to figure that out because the fourth noble truth is the path, the Dharma. Of course, the Buddha would say the things I'm about to teach you are the way. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is your spiritual path to finding your own way to transcend that suffering Whatever that means to you, it does not have to be Buddhism. It does not have to be yoga. Mm -hmm. It is your path, your dharma. That is your way of transcending. And so it's, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. But when we can contemplate these four noble truths and really spend time every day, there is suffering. Suffering has a cause. There is a way to transcend my suffering. And I'm on that path right now. Yeah. And I'm figuring it out right now. And I will, like Matt said, like he's teaching us to, I will gain that tolerance for the suffering and I will spread that light with others. Mm -hmm. And if I could add like a fifth tip to that, it's when you figure it out, start sharing it with other people. Yeah. Even if you don't think you've mastered it, 
even if you're still figuring it out, start sharing it with others because people need that medicine. I don't care how perfect you are. I don't care what credentials you have. Exactly. Share it with others. Yeah. Don't wait till you're healed to yeah. talk and, sh and share yourself. It's never, yeah. you're never going to feel good enough. It's this no. the human conditioning. So yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And um, I want to offer you a, a bit of a, uh, some airtime to talk a bit about what you're doing because you are transcending suffering for people and, and guiding people on this journey. So I know you have a, a virtual yoga studio called Sunrise. Is that right? Yes, that's yeah. Correct. Why don't you share a little bit about what that's, what, what's going on in that space? Yeah, so Sunrise is a product of the pandemic. Um, all of my yoga students decided that we would meet on Zoom twice a week to stay connected, to stay in our practices. Mm -hmm. And that very quickly bloomed into this beautiful memberships page where every class that's live is recorded and posted to this memberships page. I post my meditations. My whole meditation course is actually on there. You can buy it separately or you can just become a member all my meditations, my yin classes, my mini classes, my shorter classes. It's pretty much Jane as your yoga meditation teacher on demand. Um, and then we have our live classes Tuesday and Thursdays at 7.45 a.m. If, you know, if you're into coming to the live classes. So that's definitely one of my favorite places to hang out and, and share my teachings. Beautiful. And you're, you're yeah. also doing some one-on-one -on -one mentoring um, and you're doing some group work as well. So you have the sanctuary. Yes. Uh, and this is being launched for the first time next week. Is that right? Yes. So Sanctuary is my one-on-one -on -one mentoring program that I've only done one-on-one -on -one at a time. And that is actually where we learn to, um, we learn to heal your nervous system and get you into full alignment through chakra work, actually. So you learn meditation, energy healing, and we get really, really deep into how to use the chakras to come into alignment build the life of your dreams, you know, let go of all of your suffering, all of that good stuff. And so next Friday, I'll be announcing that I'm going to hold it as a group offering. It'll be my second group offering. And I'm really excited because there's something, you know, one-on-one -on -one is great. And then there's something so special about being in a group yeah. and sharing that growing and that healing experience together. So if you're feeling like you want to come and do that work with me, I'm always open to men and women. I do have men in my sunrise group and we love them. Um, and so even though I just serve women mostly, we're always loving to have men come and join us to change up the vibe, change up the energy. So if you feel called to come, you know, master your meditation, learn about energy healing and really learn about chakras in an actual integral embodied way, rather than just kind of learning what they are, we really get into it and we really come into alignment with them. Um, then get in touch with me because that's going to be happening next month. Yeah. Beautiful. Lots of good things going on for you. And if you want to get in touch with Jane, go to Jane Lyon, J-A-N-E-L-Y-O-N dot me, and you will be able to find mm -hmm. all, everything that she is doing. Yeah. So yeah, I want to, I, I want to thank you for dedicating an hour and well, almost an hour and 15 minutes of your time to come and, and share your wisdom with with myself and with the audience is, is so much gratitude for that because I know a lot of people are going to benefit mm -hmm. from this podcast I can already feel it um Aww. it was a real beautiful flow that we had and I just feel like it just everything came through and we were meant to share everything we did so um yeah just thank you very much for that oh thank you mm -hmm. And as always, I want to thank the audience for tuning in to another episode, 34 episodes. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting there. There's lots of great content to, to come as well. So um, 
please, uh, if you enjoyed this um, and you're on YouTube, you can uh, subscribe, hit the bell icon, you'll get notified when I release new content each week and drop a comment for Jane or I, uh, because I will make sure that Jane, um, if you guys have any questions that they can be asked on, on the YouTube channel and I'll, I'll forward them to her. Um, and if you're listening on your favorite podcast network, Spotify, Apple, anything like that, uh, please give us a uh, or give me a five-star rating and um, a review because I'm now reading reviews because they're really beautiful and I want to share that energy with the rest mm. of the world. Um, and some a lot of the content I shared today um, and a lot of my, my teachings around this stuff around suffering is um, in my book, Be the Space. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can uh, grab that on, on, on Amazon. So it's in a Kindle or it's in paperback copy as well. So um, mm. yeah, any closing comments from you, Jane? Oh, I would just love to hear from anyone who is listening totally. and wants to reach out and just say hello. You can find me on Instagram. Jane of 801 is kind of where I'm just super available. Like, mm. I would love to hear from anyone that feels any inspiration from the show today. And Matt, mm. thank you for being an angel on this planet. Mm. I hope we get to hang out in real life someday. I feel like I just want to like be in the silence with you yeah. and just like, and just be that because yeah. <laughs> you're so amazing. And I'm so grateful that you're here on this earth doing this work with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I felt that yeah. today, just very comfortable being around you. And it's just an easy energy. So I really appreciate that. Mm. And I would love to connect in person one day when when it uh, comes into alignment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Matt. All right. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Bye-bye.